0: How many gay historical figures do you know? Probably not that many. Most of them live their lives in secrecy, and history books tend to ignore any rainbow flags that someone might present. But they existed. They were people
1: just like us, writers and innovators and artists and leaders, and they don't deserve to hide any longer. We're your hosts, Mary Rogers
0: and Eile Yamamoto, and join us as we uncover the ghosts in the closet. Historians say they were very close friends.
1: Galpal, colleague, best friend, independent, Companion. rebellious, roommates.
0: Um, weren't they just queer? You're listening to Ghosts in the Closet with Mary Rogers and Eile Yamamoto. Hi everyone, I'm Aili. And I'm Mary. And welcome to Ghosts in the Closet, a Spirit Live podcast brought to you in association with CJRU 1080 AM. Today's episode brings us back to the ancient times where, spoiler alert, gay people did exist. If you ever had an ancient Egyptian phase or if you're dazzled by the great Chinese dynasties, this episode is for you. Before we get into all that though, let's get into some more recent queer news.
1: (laughs) In a groundbreaking referendum last week, the people of Switzerland approved the Marriage for All initiative, legalizing gay marriage. The initiative was approved by a two-third majority. To the other one-third, we hope it feels
0: good to be a loser. South Carolina Governor Henry McMaster urged schools to ban Genderqueer, a memoir, an award-winning book about gender identity, calling it obscene and pornographic. Everyone take a sigh of relief. The children of South Carolina are safe from America's biggest threat to schools books after all there have been 139 incidents of book violence in american schools so far this year wait sorry that's guns
1: netflix released its trailer for single all the way its first holiday rom-com featuring gay lead characters we're very excited to watch and even more excited at the prospect of trashy gay christmas movies but if it is gay holiday movies you're looking for might we suggest carol yeah we suggest carol strongly suggest carol. we love carol i <laughs> Unfortunately, it's getting to be a pretty busy time of the semester for us, as it is for any student listening right now, and we want to make sure we give certain historical figures the most time and effort possible to accurately capture their stories and lives. So today, we'll be deviating a bit from our regular format. Instead of focusing on one person, we'll be covering a couple short stories and legends from ancient civilization.
0: So given the era that they're from, there's very little information about these stories, and their meaning and truth are highly contested. But we're confident in the queerness of history and the historical basis behind these stories and legends is interesting no matter what. And what are we even here for if not discussing whether things are gay or not? <laughs> so let's get into it.
1: So our first story takes us to ancient Egypt and revolves around one of this civilization's most well-known traditions, their method of burial. The sacred tomb of, bear with me for a second, <laughs> Nyan Knum and hotel gonna try again? Neon Canum and kanum Hotep. I think that was it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, agreed. Was discovered in Cairo in 1964. Hieroglyphs on the tomb's walls revealed the two men's names, their jobs as royal manicurists for the pharaoh, and images of the two embracing each other, holding hands, and touching noses, poses that are usually reserved for married couples. There were also images of their wives and children. Above the entrance of the tomb, the inscription reads, Joined in life and joined in death, their bodies were never found. (laughs)
0: we, wee wee oo wee wee. Just kidding. <laughs> really? Like
1: we'll oh, see. We'll yeah. see. So cute though, right off the bat, joined in life and joined in yeah, death. No this-
0: matter what, that that's pretty nice.
1: It is incredibly rare for two men of equal standing to share a tomb, especially considering ancient Egyptian beliefs about the importance of one's tomb in their journey to the afterlife. Uh, the usual occupants of a tomb like this was one man, his wife, and his children. The situation of Nyan Knum and K'num Hotep was even more unique considering they both had (laughs) okay I did not realize this imagine how their wives felt Like this is literally one of the most important parts yeah. and, like certainties of your life is I'm going to be buried with my family to cross over to the afterlife. I wonder
0: because the bodies were never found. I wonder if it's possible their wives were in there too. But I guess mm. like the tomb art, no one has really considered that because the tomb art was so centered like, around. Centered these two around men. the two men, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll just I'll yeah, just say it. For I'm for the word, family. I'd be a little bit left <laughs> out. I'd be Can't peeved. Lie. I would be
1: peeved. So there are a few prevalent stories about these two. The first and most obvious one being that they were lovers. If this was was the case, they clearly weren't hiding anything and their wives may have even accepted it. The biggest evidence of this so far is probably the images of the two etched into the walls of the tomb, particularly the one where they're embracing each other and touching noses, which is one of the most intimate poses within ancient Egyptian art. It's worth noting that this pose is often seen depicting Egyptian couples. They're not portrayed in these poses with their wives. That's
0: like the biggest thing to me, like why aren't they in those poses with their wives? But their wives are on there! It's like they existed, but they were neglected. Uh, Yeah, feeling for the wives.
1: Another, more popular theory is that they were siblings, or twins, which would explain their respective families, clearly intimate relationships, and even their names, which have similar sounds in them. It would also give new meaning to the inscription, and if they were incredibly close, it might even give some insight into why they were buried together. But again, while this is all possible, it still begs the question of why two men with families would be buried together instead of with their families. Um, Also the fact that they were touching noses and in those intimate poses, I
0: Sibling theory, like, I totally understand, but also it's like any archaeologist from the 1960s would say that if they saw, like, historical gay people, I feel like. Yeah. But- I do understand where that's coming from. I just think that if they were just siblings or twins, like how many siblings were there in ancient Egypt? Millions, like (laughs) they're, you know, like siblings. Yeah, but they got a special exception. But how come they they were the only siblings that were buried together or twins? Like there were definitely more siblings or twins than them. Like you'd think that if this was a common practice, we would find tombs of twins and siblings. It'd be just an understood thing that twins and siblings are buried together. Yeah, but instead they they actively like defied
1: the Mm -hmm. standard of burial. And I don't know, it seems like a symbol to me that they wanted to cross into the afterlife together. Like.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, that's uh, that's what it all comes down to, though. They wanted to, like, live eternally and cross into the afterlife together. So what was their relationship in which they wanted to do that? Yeah. So
1: a newer theory, introduced in 2005 by Egyptian art expert David O'Connor, hypothesized that the two were actually conjoined twins, which honestly does make sense, considering <laughs> all the facts yeah. we know. The inscription would make total sense, as would the reason they were buried together. Some scientists have drawn comparisons between the two and Chang and Eng to Chinese conjoined twins from 1811. Images of the two are similar, and both Chang and Aang had their own wives and families as well. Though several of the hieroglyphs depict... jeez. Hieroglyphs. That was on purpose. Um, Though several of their hieroglyphs depict them as individual people, it's important to note that Egyptian tomb art is highly symbolic and not meant to be a fully accurate depiction of the living.
0: Like, I am 100% all for, like, this ancient Egyptian gay couple, (laughs) but that is, like, a really good thing. Theory, I feel like
1: it really is well <laughs> <laughs> like it makes sense like because the caption joined in life and in <laughs> yeah. death, like they're literally joined and like
0: I was reading this thing it was like they thought that the image of like the two conjoined twins as manicurists like working on the pharaoh's feet was like oh something that they would have seen as like almost godly or like right and it just a lot of it makes sense, I guess. It does. Some of the <laughs> arguments are have a bit more
1: legibility in this yeah. situation. Like I would it, say. it makes
0: more sense than siblings or twins for sure. Like and again, the biggest thing that we've been worried about or like thinking about is why they were buried together instead of with their families, and that would be like they had to, like they kind of
1: just yeah, had yeah. To be <laughs> they literally together. had no choice. <laughs> he had no choice. But you'd also have to think like, you know, this isn't commonly found, but like gay people did exist yeah exactly then. like exactly. i'm sure like it would have been difficult but i'm sure there were lots of gay lovers that wanted if this yeah. was such an important practice and they really believed they'd be entering the afterlife of that person That yeah exactly together. so
0: it's like you could think of it as like we're really like drawing straws like picking at you know whatever seeing i've just tried to use so many idioms that <laughs> it didn't even work we're drawing straws <laughs> picking at whatever they're really um grasping at straws was what yeah. i was looking for to like maybe deny queerness even though these theories all do like have you know,
1: yeah, sense. like, I, I don't know, when we're discussing the possibility, I'm thinking of it as such a, like, oh,
0: like, what if, what if, that would be so mm-hmm. crazy,
1: but it's, like, gay people are like, <laughs> not that surprising. Yeah, they
0: existed. <laughs> like, whoa. And I guess it's, like, we don't know how accepting they were. I mean, this all comes down to the, this was so many, like, so long ago. <laughs> yeah, like, like we so can't really,
1: yeah, we'll likely never know the truth about Neon Kanum and Khnumhotep. Hotep, I'm getting good at saying Yeah, that's (laughs) awesome. There's no doubt that if it were a man and a woman in that tomb, the answer would be uncontested, which I think is really the main point. Yeah, that is so, like, 100% true. Uh, As of right now, we know that homosexuality was occasionally referred to in some Egyptian myths, but it wasn't a common thing. So if they were lovers, it would give new insight into ancient Egyptian attitudes towards queer people. It's a shame that it'll likely remain a mystery. But what do you think?
0: What do you think, Ailey? I think that we will never know. I think that... Gay people existed. True, they did. Um... (laughs) It's just, it's, there's so much to be said about that. If it were a man and a woman, the answer would be uncontested. It's so hard to, like, this isn't like the Frederick Chopin thing where it was like, Oh, he's so obviously He's definitely gay. Like, they're covering it up. Like, this is just something that researchers and historians have really looked into. And definitely there's got to be some basis of homophobia as to why there's such an adamant denial of the homosexual theory. Like, that's like the least popular one. But I can't fully be like, they were definitely gay in this scenario.
1: Yeah, for me, it doesn't really come down to, like, whether or not gay people exist back then because <laughs> obviously they did it mm-hmm. more comes down to burial back then it was a very um Big in-depth process it wasn't something to easily be done so you'd need help so if if this was a situation where there were two gay lovers you'd have to think people were okay with
0: it yeah and they worked with, like with for the pharaoh too like they were pretty luxurious
1: yeah like highly respected like top yeah. tier so yeah if we did find the truth that would speak volumes about just the attitudes in- and
0: i've gotta i haven't like looked into it i've gotta say like back then what were the rates of survival for conjoined twins Oh like that it's way back in before any sort of you know yeah And they were, like, you know, grown men, at least to the point where they were, like, 18, 19, 20. Which means they had survived that long if they were conjoined twins. So I'm interested to see. Because there's, like, so many medical issues that comes with being conjoined twins, I know. So I I wonder how they dealt with that and if that's, like, a realistic thing that they would have survived long. Yeah,
1: that's such a good point. I also think conjoined twins are much more of a rarity, I would say, in nature than gay people. people. (laughs) (laughs) So to, like, believe in that Mm -hmm. more...
0: I don't know. Feels like yeah. it could be a bit of breach. More research is necessary, I would say. Indeed. The following content contains themes of suicide. Our next story takes us back to the ancient Chinese Han Dynasty around 27 BCE. There's actually a lot of content to cover if we're talking about homosexuality in ancient China, probably enough for a full length episode. But for the purposes of today's episode, we're going to be covering the Tale of the Cut Sleeve, one of the earliest known documentations of homosexuality in China. Emperor Ai was the second to last emperor of the Han Dynasty and he ruled from 27 to 1 BCE, which I just wanna say sounds fake to me. Yeah, like, it is impossible for me to fathom years that like aren't four numbers. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that
1: is so crazy that people just were like walking in and talking
0: about it and like... <laughs> I know. I think about that sometimes. I'm like, they like saw the same colors as we. Did. Like, <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Like I don't they know. They know looked if that up makes at sense. the same sun that we look at. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not like a poet or anything, but it just really? like, so. <laughs> it's. <laughs> They can't see the lip bite I just did. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway. During his time as emperor, he was by all accounts in love with a man named Dong Jian. Dong Zhan was a minor politician who very rapidly rose in ranks due to his relationship with Emperor Ai, though it wasn't uncommon for Chinese emperors to have male lovers. <laughs> hmm. Which in itself is like Right off the bat, okay juicy. <laughs> right? Ai's love for Dong was extreme. He gave him all kinds of riches and weapons, let him and his wife live in the palace in luxurious quarters, and even promoted Dong's family members by replacing his own family. He- oh my god! <laughs> he made Dong's sister an imperial consort just below his wife, the Empress.
1: That is so funny to me. Like, he's just, like, telling his family, he's like,
0: hey, there's a new family in town, Their services are no longer required. He was like... Like obsessed with him. Uh, whenever government officials complained about Dong's special treatment, uh, rightfully so, I would say they were severely punished, like by death. So wow. this is just an example of his obsession, I would say. Um, at one point, Emperor Ai wanted to promote Dong to the role of marquess or lord, so just a high position. But he didn't have a good reason to do so. So he was like, "I want to do this, but I can't. Like everyone's he... gonna get mad at me." No, I have grounds <laughs> to promote him. It's because he's sexy. yeah, literally. <laughs> uh, so the prior year, a man named Song Hong had reported that the prince was using witchcraft causing the prince to be demoted. To justify Dong's promotion, Emperor Ai gave Dong the credit for reporting this crime. So, if you're Song Hong right now, you're like, <laughs> what the heck, dude? Yeah. Like- <laughs>
1: And if you're the other guy, you're absolutely living it up.
0: You're yeah, right. for real. Uh, so when the prime minister, Wang Jia, I believe, wrote a letter to the emperor about his concerns with Dong's rise in ranks, uh, the emperor had Wang Jia thrown in jail for false charges where he killed himself. Anyone in the administration who was found grieving his death was removed from their position.
1: Okay, that's a bit much, I Yeah, it's like insane. Like you're not even allowed to be sad that he
0: died. And soon after, Dong was promoted to supreme commanding officer of the chief Chinese armed forces though he allegedly didn't do much in this position
1: bro okay that is not a smart move like I understand I like showing a bit of favoritism to this man but you're actually putting lives
0: at stake yeah, like he you was could... just like constantly promoting him like it, it is said that the Chinese government whatever it was in chaos at this time like <laughs> Which I think is so funny because it's all caused by the fact that he loved this guy. Like, he's obsessed with him. Love will make you do crazy things. Yeah, like really crazy things. Like ruining your entire country. (laughs) (laughs) So the tale of the cut sleeve goes like this. One day, Emperor Ai and Dong Zhan fell asleep together. Emperor Ai awoke first and discovered that Dong was still asleep and laying on his sleeve. Rather than wake him, Emperor Ai cut his sleeve off and left it under Dong's head, leaving him to rest peacefully. This story led to the coining of the phrase The Passion of the Cut Sleeve, which is a Chinese euphemism for same-sex love.
1: Okay, first of all, that is the cutest thing I've ever
0: heard. Isn't that like kind of beautiful and romantic? It
1: really is. Like, I don't know, thinking about like a man who's like in charge of a country, uh, you think a lot about like gender stereotypes about Mm -hmm. needing to like be tough and firm, but this is such a gentle kind thing to do i don't know it's just yeah it's so tender
0: and it's like leaders in history i just feel like all we hear about this how obsessed they were with like materialism and him cutting his you know probably the best kind of robes or the best whatever garment in the nation because he was the emperor and just cutting it through it (sighs) so that his lover could rest wow whipped yeah (laughs) literally (laughs) but dude darling had it well man yeah just getting promoted and like he it's not like he was getting promoted and like he had like you know evil like nefarious plans for the country like he was getting promoted and just not doing anything like he which
1: is like which is also like pretty evil but... but like why why did he have to be promoted like why couldn't he have just been his like in-house like living mate <laughs> and like be there for the reason he's but there
0: i guess like status and, and i guess for emperor i like the best way to show his love was an increase in status and money okay. is what it looks like his, his love, love language, language. <laughs> 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 Ooh, that's so funny acts of service <laughs> gift giving <laughs> ruining the country <laughs> that's so ruining the country for my boo oh god um but
1: i just have to say as well the the passionate of the cut sleeve being a chinese euphemism for same-sex love i know that is so co- like imagine being in the origin story for like a word for
0: sexuality right? like that's And so this cool. is also like i don't know it's just it really is romantic like putting aside all the terrible things that emperor Ai has done like can you believe it
1: but I think, yeah, again, it just, you know, seeing the contrast between, like, all of the heinous things he's done, mm-hmm. his selfishness, and then seeing this soft side of him. Yeah, think thinking about
0: his wife right problems. now. Oof. Oh, yeah. The wives Empress. are just like,
1: oh, my husband always, like, gets up in the night. Like, he can never sleep. Like, he's always wandering the halls.
0: Dude, if his wife was laying on his sleeve, he'd be, like, pulling his sleeve out. She, like, bangs her head Get out of the out way. way. I gotta go. Oh, God. But, okay, so we said that Chinese emperors, like, had male lovers. Like, this was a common thing. Like, right. a lot of the homosexuality was actually pretty common. Like, I think it was the Ming Dynasty where, like, same-sex marriages were common as well. So, again, but the, for the emperors, a lot of it is, like, you'd have to assume a lot of it's, like, a sexual thing. Like, yeah. when these, these emperors have kind of, like, young men. Yeah, and like, using them as boys, objects. Using them as much. objects. For this one, like, it really is love. True. Like, he... He put his, his comfort actions. before his own. Exactly. That's the biggest thing. He put his, of someone yeah. who's of lower stature than him, when clearly status means a lot to him. Yeah,
1: he said that like, your comfort and your rest is worth more than this priceless, like yeah. impossible to make material so, item. So, in this
0: way, it's like respect, <clears throat> romance, and love, but everything else is like, brother, what are you doing?
1: Yeah, like still not going to ignore how absolutely messed up this whole situation yeah. is. Like,
0: <laughs> yeah. uh, so, eventually Emperor I died of natural causes, he was pretty sick, and he unsurprisingly left his throne to Dong. Even more unsurprisingly, nobody listened to him. Uh, other parties took hold of the throne and basically exiled Dong Zhang, stripping him of all his titles and wealth, mm. and he and his wife committed suicide the next day. Oh, man. Okay,
1: I completely agree, like, boycotting that decision was the move. Society would have absolutely mm-hmm. just fallen apart. That man was not qualified. But I'd still, like, he was left endless riches, pretty much. I'd leave them with, like, enough money to support themselves. Yeah, I guess it wasn't,
0: like, his... We The, the biggest thing is we don't really get Dong Zhan's side of it, like, all of the stories tell it from like Emperor I was clearly in love. And so we don't know if Dong Zhang was actually in love with him. We don't know if he was there because he was getting the riches. That's
1: true. And clearly there was like a power imbalance. Like for all mm-hmm. we know, he was like, Oh, I'm I'm being promoted, I can't just say no mm-hmm. and like so we really don't know how he was feeling yeah, about it. This
0: isn't, like, the best gay representation, I'd say.
1: <laughs> but it is still just cool hearing of instances where, again, homosexuality existed um, mm-hmm. so so long ago. And, like,
0: I think one of the saddest things to think about here uh, is that in China today, same-sex couples can't marry and they can't adopt. Uh, homosexuality was only decriminalized in 1997, but way back in the Han Dynasty, in Emperor uh, Ai's case, the problem wasn't that two men were together, but that Emperor Ai was making irresponsible decisions as <laughs> Emperor and causing chaos because of his love for another man. Same-sex love was common and accepted for so many years. That was never the problem. If you look what at what went wrong and what flipped the switch... There is only one answer, and there will always only be one answer, and that is colonialism.
1: Yeah, wow. Like, it's... (laughs) Always comes back to that. It
0: always comes back to that, you know, like, acceptance of homosexuality was part of the culture that was erased in China when they became westernized. And, you know, like, China doesn't have any gods, doesn't have any tales of anything that would be anti, like, same-sex. They're based on, you know, they were based on Confucian ideals. Like, none of that is, like, men can't lay with another man. (laughs) Like, homosexuality was part of a culture that was erased. Yeah, it's insane. Uh, heartbreaking. It's also sad because... Like, I don't know if I'm reaching here, but, like, right now we live in Canada. Um, we're from the States, whatever, Britain. These are places that gay marriage is now legal it's pretty safe to be a gay person you know it's not right
1: which is kind of frustrating because a lot of these countries who now are more progressive in accepting of homosexuality that were responsible for the colonialism yeah, that exactly erased this acceptance in these other places so that is just it
0: hurts yeah I don't know it just it's sad like I don't want to get sad but it's really sad.
1: Yeah. Although I guess it it wouldn't often be taught. I hope that there are resources for people in places like this mm-hmm. to be able to learn about this history and to know yeah. like that their ancestors, you know, they were okay with this. They're not. Yeah, exactly. They're not betraying anyone or like
0: the biggest thing was like that I read was, um, it, back then you know if they had kids and continued their family line they could do whatever they want. That's ancient China, I guess. <laughs> but the the story of Emperor Ai and Dongjun I think is a good kind of funny. Like, kind yeah. of fun one to to talk about. And it gives really good insight into the history of, you know, queerness in ancient China. Yeah. And attitudes toward it. That's it for this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed The Different Format. And to any students listening, good luck and stay strong. Ugh.
1: <laughs> we're on the same boat as you. Yeah, y'all. we're struggling. And feel free to message us if there are any stories or topics you think we should cover next, or if you're a queer student who wants to feature their work on one of our episodes. And of course, follow us at Ghosts in the Closet Podcast on Instagram. Follow
0: us. Ooh. As always, I'm Eileen. And as always, I'm Mary. And we'll see you next time to uncover more Ghosts in the Closet.